Welcome back, my friends. I know it's been a little bit since I've been with you, but I've had some really amazing projects that I've been working on that I will actually start sharing with you all in maybe short episodes coming up soon. Two of the projects that I'm working on are becoming a radical remission workshop and health coach, and I will talk more about that, but I so love the work and research by Dr. Kelly Turner, so much so that I wanted to be able to teach it. So I am almost done with that certification. And also I'm writing a book and I'm so excited to start that process and share that journey with you. So stay tuned for those projects. But for now, I'm excited to introduce you to Holly Wilmoth. Holly creates images that embody elements of nature, mysticism, and spirituality, drawing inspiration from ancient mythologies, symbolism, diverse cultures, and her spiritual practice. Holly's images are a personal interpretation of her life's sacred dance. Both wisdom and wonder speak through her images as they reveal a simple visual journey of the wonders of being human and being part of this earth. Holly is a really special soul that I have been very honored to connect with, and I'm really excited to bring you this episode. I know at the outset, it might sound like this doesn't necessarily match with minding wellness, but I assure you there's so much goodness here surrounding the concept of wellness. I'm excited to bring you Holly. All right. I am so happy to be here with my new friend, Holly Wilmoth. We just had a really great conversation about weather and how much wisdom we can glean from that. And unfortunately, I did not record it, so I can't share it with all of you, but I promise you it was really great. And in the different climates we're in right now, Holly being in the Pacific Northwest and me being in the Southeast where we're the only state right now that I think is not freezing. Uh, there's there's so much differences, so many beautiful changes to the to the weather in our areas and so much wisdom we can gain from how that impacts us mentally and physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. So in any case, welcome to the podcast, Holly. Thank you so much, Claudia. It's so lovely to be here with you today. Yeah, really glad to have you and really haven't been enjoying our conversation. So I'm really excited to bring this <laughs> conversation to more people. So let's start with what I always ask my guests, which is what does true wellness mean to you? Mm, what a fabulous question to start off with. <sighs> what does true wellness mean to me? Geez, well, you know, these days, especially at this time of year, I feel an extra kind of like nudge to really do a lot of self-care just as the days are getting longer in their darkness, right? Um, And there's less sunshine out. So for me, you know, wellness really means kind of tuning into myself and how I find comfort and silence and how I really get to be with my essence. And it it can come with lots of different um, modalities and ways of self-care. So one of them for me is swimming. I just came back actually from going swimming. And um, one of the practices I love in swimming is the breath. So I spend my laps breathing in suffering, breathing out love. And I do this for anywhere from half an hour to an hour 
And over the years, I have found that really coming to my breath is of crucial importance. Um, so that's um, that's one little way of tuning in and really doing a lot of self-care. But I have to tell you that out of all different ways, my biggest kind of uh, love is being in nature. And I'm so excited to dive into that in this episode. I have loved our conversations and I love your work in nature. And we're going to, we're going to dive all into that goodness in just a minute, but I just wanted to tell you how lovely that was how you just um, spoke that out into words. And I was thinking, you know, interesting that that swimming came up for you in that area of the world. You don't necessarily think of, of swimming out, out in the Pacific Northwest, but but it really is a an activity, a sport um, that brings to life how important the breath is. And mm-hmm. when you're underwater and other senses are maybe quieted or muted, the breath is is there and the awareness is there. And so that's a really beautiful picture you just gave all of us. And I don't think that swimming has come up before. So I love that you are the first. <laughs> well, a lot of it for me is how can I get in my body, right? And there's different ways of getting in my body and really uh, tuning into breath and swimming is one, but I have to say that the other one is really taking walks in nature. There is something about And that's what's so beautiful. And up here in the Pacific Northwest, oh my goodness, the forests, actually the parks and all of the neighborhoods, there's just so much nature right outside of our doors. And sometimes it's not so easy when it's a little chilly outside to be like, ooh, let me jump outside and go and say hello. But I have to say that every time I take a walk in nature, there's something that stills my mind And I notice my breath, but mostly I come into the present moment. And that's really why I love being in nature. Mm -hmm. I I have said many times, I think nature is our most wise guru and it's free and accessible and (laughs) everywhere. And um, we don't have to pay a coach to learn about it. It's just, it's so amazingly right there and present. So I'm really excited to dive into your (laughs) love and understanding of nature. And I would love to start with you sort of painting a picture, all all the puns intended, although you're not, you're not really necessarily a painter, but a photographer, but I would love for you to sort of, (laughs) sort of paint the creative picture of your journey that led to the important work that you're doing today. Uh, Sure. Well, um, I think my bigger journey with uh, really kind of re-falling in love, because I think when we're children, we're already so much part of, we're we're attracted to nature. We want to climb trees, right? We want to be outside and we want our body to be part of nature too. So there's something um, organic when we're little that already has us being in nature as much as possible. But for me, you know, I was in nature as a child. And then in my early 20s, I kind of strayed away. And then it was really when I became a mother that I really stopped things down again. And it was a little bit before that, actually, my husband and I spent three months on the Oaxaca coast. Uh, This is off the coast of Mexico. Gosh, maybe 10 years ago. And at the time, I had managed to really, um, I loved the work that I was doing. I was a journalist, I was doing advertisement, I was doing all kinds of work, but I was traveling 
probably seven to eight months out of the year nonstop. And at some point, I, my body finally crashed. And we ended up deciding to go to this tiny little town with no internet, without knowing anybody, with a tiny little house, with two or three restaurants close by, and we spent three months there. And that's actually where I fell in love with nature again. I woke up every morning at 6 a.m. to greet the sun, and I'd sit on my deck watching the whales and the flying manta rays and the dolphins and the turtles right in front swimming by. And then every evening I'd watch the sunset go down. And I did this for three months. I really learned um, how to heal my body, heal my spirit, heal my mind by really being in nature. So I feel that nature saved me <laughs> in so many different ways. Wow, that's really so I mean, I, I love how you paint the picture even through your words. I think you're <laughs> you're creative. You're just it flows through your blood. You're just able to do that. And I love it because I just I saw the picture of all of it and I felt like I was there with you. And I, I think it's fantastic. It was Did delicious. You, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's delicious. I love it. So as a journalist and as, you know, kind of part of sort of mainstream hustle culture and mm -hmm. traveling and um, having to to get whatever stories you had to get and get them fast mm -hmm. and answer to you know bosses and superiors and all of that and then to to make that big of a switch did you feel through your journalism career the impact it that was having that hustle culture was having on your body on you physically mentally emotionally or did did I you did. not really realize that you did okay and, well, and how I, did that manifest well it manifested with for one I wasn't, um, I started, my body started falling apart. So one of the things that happened is I start. I started getting sick and I kept on getting sick and sick and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And what I realized was I needed to really change the way I was living my life. And I wanted quality over quantity. And it took some time for me to figure this out. And this is the time I actually sat and figured it out. My husband at the time had also had just uh, recently had a couple heart attacks. So we had to stop the lifestyle that we had going for us. And I think deeper inside, though, I really wanted to connect on a more spiritual level with uh, what I was doing um, in the world. There was something deeper calling me and I didn't know what it was but I knew I needed to pause. And so it was almost kind of like a sacred pause, I would say, to be able to do this. It took quite a bit of planning to be able to stop everything for three months and feel that it was okay in the hustle bustle of a fast paced life too. Mm. Yes, I completely understand. I was in that culture as a healthcare professional and, and I never really felt the permission to do anything nearly nearly yeah. as adventurous and lengthy as that. But often what I find when I talk to people on the podcast and, and elsewhere is we avoid doing the thing that we need to do until we don't have a choice. So you get to a point, like you mentioned, yeah. your husband at a young age having heart attacks and you also having some health concerns and realizing we have to stop. This is not a luxury anymore. It's not a, a you know, when can we down the road? It's a, we, we have to do something now. And yeah. so kind of talk about that extreme contrast between that lifestyle and then the calm serenity 
disconnectedness, but also connectedness <laughs> to nature of, of the Mexican landscape. Well, you know, gosh, it's so delicious. You know, there's so much spaciousness when you stop. For me, the biggest was not needing to answer any emails, you know, not needing to answer any calls. And it was a big uh, lesson for me to really learn and to surrender. You know, it, it took its time. It, I can't say it was necessarily easy in the beginning, you know, to really say, okay, I'm really doing this. And I think it was, to be honest, looking back, the start of me unraveling one way of being in the world and slowly learning how to be a different way in the world. And at the time, you know, it was a little bit more of a black and white situation. I went from working full time to really taking a pause. But it was that winter of three months that uh, really started defining the way that my husband and I decided to live our life. Because from that moment on, we took every year three months off during the same time of year. And we did it also in the summertime. So we always spent... Uh, the winter time on the Mexican coast, and then the summertime on the Oregon coast. And I always considered it really a time to be still. All we would do was walk on the beach, sing songs, eat good food, sleep early, read, um, really kind of recalibrate and really, in a way, just be able to look back at what the year had gifted us and be in gratitude and also like extend an invitation of what do I want this next year to look like too. And, you know, it's, it's taken years to figure out all of this language to put into this time of pause. And so, yes, the time of pause is slowly coming as we're in November and I can feel January coming. And I'm up here in the Pacific Northwest now thinking, how can I have this time of stillness inside of me? Because that stillness actually is me being able to go inward and discovering something that is wanting to be spoken or become aware of or, or shine some light on it, right? Yeah, so beautiful. And also, I can imagine a lot of people listening are saying, where do I sign up for the, the, <laughs> the contrasted life? Because um, it sounds amazing. And, and it also just, I think you speaking it out will give others the permission maybe that they're seeking. I do think that we are not necessarily, you know, I think about the snowbird type life because that happens a lot in, in Florida where I'm at right. and a lot of people kind of come down and go back and, and we often were, you know, have been taught what's been modeled for us is that that's a retirement life. You know, you don't do that when you're of right. a younger age or a working age or, you know, and that if you did, that's because you, you know, had some landfall lottery winning or something. Right. Um, but, you know, that's not, that's not normal for the rest of us. So I, I think hearing stories like this gives, gives some level of openness and permission, which I think is so needed. But um, what I would love to also know what's coming up for me is throughout your childhood, I know there was a lot of access and exposure to nature. And, you know, you talk about sort of going inward and I'm always curious to find out if, if that was, was that part of your upbringing where, you know, was it normal in your home for some type of meditative practice or, or spirituality, or did you sort of find that on your own as you made this, this switch? So, um, growing up my, so the way that I was in contact with nature was I grew up in Guatemala and, on the weekends, uh, I spent a lot of time in the jungles of Guatemala because my father was a farmer. 
And so I knew crops and I knew farming really well, but I have to tell you, I, I wasn't necessarily taught reverence to nature uh, when I was a child. It was, it was a different way of looking at nature. There was the beauty of the jungle, but then there was also, uh, as a farmer, you know, you're, you have crops and it's crops that are giving your livelihood. And there's uh, a little bit of a friction between uh, taming the wild and how to survive. So my love and my reverence, and I think my devotion to nature really came when my son was born. And this he's eight years old right now. And I remember him just walking and observing everything around him, just with those eyes that are in awe of the world around him. And I and I came to tears at realizing, wow, when you're a child, you are so in love with the trees and with the flowers. And somehow along the way, we forget that respect, right? Um, maybe because we're not taught it, you know, maybe for, for many different circumstances. And I remember thinking, wow, I want to fall in love with nature again. And I want to teach my son and have him teach me through his awe how to be in relationship with nature, how to use nature as a guide and as a teacher, because that really is what nature is. Mm, I love that. I love how kids teach us so much. And yet we feel like we teach them so much. And, and really, it's <laughs> Um, it's very much in the reverse. Um, exactly. They don't even realize it. They're just lovely little humans teaching us all the things. Um, so, so through, that's a great transition sort of to us getting to the work that you're doing now. So you have this journalistic background, which um, in and of itself is, is full of a lot of creativity, but more mainstream, more hustle culture. And then you have your son, you start to have, um, more of a connection, understanding, reverence towards nature and what prompted or inspired your current work, also explaining what that is to the audience, but what prompted and inspired that? Uh, well, the current project I've been finishing up and working on is titled Sacred Nature. And, you know, you had mentioned earlier this permission, right? and allowing ourselves permission. And I think it's a beautiful word to just bring in. There is something so beautiful in tuning into ourselves and giving ourselves permission to discover how we want to nurture our soul. How do, how do we want to nurture our essence, our spirit, our body, our mind? And this project started, Sacred Nature, uh, when we were spending a winter in Nayarit in San Pancho off the coast of Mexico. And my son's walking about, he's two and a half going on three, or he might've already been three. And he's just like in awe of everything around him. And I feel at home in this environment because these are a lot of the plants that I grew up with in Guatemala as well. And so I'm teaching him about them. And um, I, it was a, when I became a mother, I decided to really stop the way that I was living life in such a fast pace and to slowly start changing um, the way that I was working so that it felt like it complemented my lifestyle. And it took a bit of time to do that, right? Because I hadn't been necessarily shown as a child 
how to be in a healthy relationship with uh, my passion and my work and also be a mother. So along the way, you know, this project was kind of the gift that spurred itself from that and the sense that I would uh, start photographing people and creating these sculpture pieces out of nature. And my son was there along for all of them and he'd be playing and he'd be interested in the flowers or the plants and we'd talk about them. And so a lot of this project was really um, kind of a schoolroom, not only for him and myself and husband, but it was truly kind of a, a rug of inspiration that uh, we all rode for a few years as we worked on it together as a family. Mm, that's so beautiful. I, I just, I love how eloquent you explain that. I think a lot of us have this desire in our souls to really marry those two, to, to live a life that we're loving both professionally mm -hmm. and personally. And, and I, I also think that many of us have not had that modeled for us. I know um, I didn't, I mean, my parents were very hard workers, but mm -hmm. it wasn't you know, you didn't seek something that you loved. You did the work you needed to do to provide. And that's, right. that's what was modeled for me and many, many in our generation, I think. And, um, and I just, I love that we're starting to shift that a bit and then also be able to model that for the next generations. So oh, I, I love yeah. that. Um, but I would love yeah. to know sacred nature, um, what, what sort of inspired that name? What is what does the sacred part mean to you? And um, what does it entail? So what what could people get from that beautiful project? Uh, well, I was laughing because I was thinking about, oh my goodness, what spurred the title? <laughs> <laughs> I remember kind of going through a few silly titles um, and my husband's helping me and I'd ask some friends too. And um the sacred really tunes into this is our mother earth we are like surrounded by trees or by oceans or rivers or mountains and even if we're in a city there is a way for us to experience some nature we breathe in you know this beautiful air and for me sacred really tunes into being in gratitude and really seeing the interconnectedness and how much sacred uh, and how sacred nature is because she is here to guide us and to really hold us. And um, yeah, there's so sometimes we can step so far away from understanding how uh, important nature is that really paying homage to how sacred she is. Like we wake up to the sun, we go to sleep and the moon comes up all around us. Cycles of life are moving and it's all nature. How cool yeah. is that? It's, it's amazing. And your work, <laughs> I think, you know, I have looked through a lot of your pictures and I just, your work, it, it, like brings out a completely different element. Well, and the interesting thing is, is you're right. Nature's all around us. And we, we, the beauty that you're capturing exists. You're not, I mean, it's not, you know, altered images and it's, um, it's not <laughs> unreal. It's not unrealistic, but the way that you 
put these pictures together and marry sort of, you know, humankind and nature. And um, it, it really just brings a sacred life to it that we don't see with our human eyes of, you know, it's like what you're able to capture through a lens that we maybe could or should be seeing it's it what we don't. And so I love that part of it. When I was looking through your pictures, I'm like, man, if if anything was going <laughs> to make me love nature, if I wasn't already, these pictures will definitely do it. So I, I love this project and you have other projects as well, right? A few with the name sacred in it. Um, yep. and, 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 um, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I know you mentioned before the sacred pause. And so I really do love this verbiage and, um, and yeah, the meaning well, behind it. And I think sacred sacred is a word that we can really each take to ourselves, right? And sit with. And what does sacred mean? What does sacred mean? That's a I mean, it's it's a, a really great question. It's for me, it really does mean taking a sacred pause and really tuning in and listening and observing what is around my life and what is calling to be a teacher in my life. Um, and how do I want to see it? And how do I want to play with it? And how do I want my essence to kind of come out and jump out? And this project is really about the interconnectedness that we as humans have with nature. We forget, we're like, it's so easy to forget, but what if we are made of stardust and we are made of this earth, right? Uh, how can we not use nature as a teacher and a guide? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I and love that you our, bring that back to us. And sorry, I just wanted to say like, th there's like proof, scientific proof when we're in nature, when we're walking underneath the canopies of trees, like our bodies like release the stress that we're carrying. Oh my goodness. Like, and just being on the ocean, like, don't we all just feel so much better the minute we're breathing in that ocean air? There's like, scientific magic <laughs> mm -hmm. besides spiritual magic that is and that lies in nature so for me a lot of it is um and the sacred nature project which is in an oracle deck is really about reminding myself wow look nature is right outside go say hello go go really take care of yourself because your body will really be grateful your mind will be like Phew, you finally took a pause. Thank you. <laughs> right. And just by moving and, and, and noticing breath and then paying attention to whatever it is, even if it is just staring at my shoes or looking at trees or listening to the wind, there's some stillness that happens when I'm in nature. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. And I, I love that this came about, even though your work is in the arts and it's in photography and one might not maybe on the surface understand why that would be included in a minding wellness podcast but I think you just so eloquently explained why um that we both felt that this was a good fit and that it is important to talk about our wellness because the amount of healing that we get just from stepping out, touching nature, taking our shoes off, you know, just all, all of our senses being connected to nature has a healing effect that surpasses and transcends any, any medication, anything science can give us. Although I will never, you know, downplay, we, we have some amazing life-saving medications, but yes, the point exactly. being, yeah, the level of 
healing that exists, healing potential that exists right outside our doors, we just often take for granted and forget. And so I love your, that you're bringing this to us in such a beautiful, creative way. And to, to sort of start wrapping up, I would love to know, we talked earlier about how sort of that burnout started happening when you were in your journalism career. And so I would love to know what life looks like now that you're doing this work and sort of the pace of life, how that's different and how your overall just well-being is different. Oh, <laughs> it's very different. Um, and I have, to, I was just thinking when you were talking earlier, you know, one of the things that I've learned along the way is to really say yes to the jobs that really feel in alignment with my truth. And by that, I mean, like doing the work to really, um, you know, there's a quality of surrendering and not saying yes to all the money that might be able to come my way, right? It's really about saying yes to the projects that really feel um, in alignment to the way that I see life. And I didn't have that same way of looking at work when I was younger, and now I do. And it means that there's more spaciousness, you know, life is quieter. And um, with this project, Sacred Nature, um, coming out, what's slowly happening for me is I can see a lot of the teachings and life experience kind of just sitting down at the bottom, uh, kind of like a lily, you know, uh, just percolating in the mud. And what I've learned uh, in working this way is that in the quietness and in the stillness, I can slowly start hearing what wants to surface. And so the way that I like to work on projects is I do research, I kind of see what piques my interest. And at some point, I narrow my focus. And then I say, okay, let's give this a shot. But what really happens is I collect I spend quite some time collecting pieces and just kind of walking in nature and observing because nature is kind of my laboratory. And so I don't really know what my next project is going to be about, but in the collecting, I might get a bit of an idea. And so that's what days look like for right now. Um, I'm taking care of my mother who is sick. And so we're here up in the Pacific Northwest holding space for her. And a lot of it has to do with how are we also taking care of ourselves? And so swimming is a huge part for me, taking walks in nature, um, really spending time uh, tuning in and listening to what nature has to teach me. And that's how I use the Sacred Nature Oracle deck. Um, the other thing is playing, you know, how to play in the, in the bustle and, and cause life is also busy. <laughs> These are little pockets of stillness. So my life is kind of noisy and loud and a lot of the day. And then I carve out little pockets of stillness and the stillness is a lot about connecting with myself. Mm. I love that. It sounds beautiful and it sounds <laughs> Very much like you have um, a degree of connection to your inner wisdom and intuition so that you're able to be more in alignment. And, and we also, and you also brought up parts of just the realities of life, family members who are sick and, mm -hmm. and the need for us to be there for them. And also realizing that caregivers 
need self-care. And so, um, so I love that you have married all of those parts because that's the reality of life. I think a lot of people have a hard time connecting with the message of alignment because they feel like, well, I've got, you know, all of these things I'm living real life. Maybe you guys don't have the same struggles I have, but, um, but I love that that you were able to bring in all of those pieces because that's that's real life. We have responsibilities and and it and it can't always be us meditating in the Himalayan mountains. But um, but although that can, does sound good some days. But yes, yes. Um, but we can find the pockets, and then so I I think that brings it down to a very um real consumable way of of seeing this. And so I I appreciate that. Where can yeah. people find your work, and where where should we direct them? Can I can I just say one little piece yes. on uh, just closing that up as, you know, I heard something, I can't remember where, and I really, I remind myself of this on a daily basis as a mama, as a wife, as someone working as well. It's like, how can you make everything that you're doing at home, like be filled with love and gratitude, right? And I think motherhood is really a way of falling in love with sometimes the things that are mundane, <laughs> like cooking three meals a day and doing the laundry and sweeping. But like, if I can fall in love with these small moments, that's me taking time for myself, right? So anyways, just wanted to put that right there um, as an ending. But you can find my work on my website, and that's www.hollywilmoth.com. And then uh, this deck is being sold in lots of different platforms, Powell's Bookstore, Simon & Schuster, Amazon.com, and in tiny little bookstores around um, the world. It's on Australia, the UK, US and Canada. Yay. So. Oh, I love that. I love that the world gets to have access to all of this goodness. And I love the way that you wrapped that up very beautifully. So <laughs> I so appreciate this time with you, Holly, and thank you for putting your heart out into the world to make the world a better place. Mm, thank you so much, Claudia. It's been a delight to get to talk with you.